Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God from the Old Testament reading in Genesis 3. The man called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all the living. This is God's word. The church has three times in its year, the time of Christmas, the time of Easter, and what we call the time of the church. So that first division is basically Advent up through last Sunday, Transfiguration. And now we move from the time of Christmas into the time of Easter. In the church, kind of the central characters in the time of Christmas are Jesus, of course, but also his mother Mary, his earthly guardian, Joseph, and also his cousin, John the Baptist. We often refer to Jesus and Mary and Joseph as the Holy Family. And of course, that family is there with the understanding that the Heavenly Father is indeed the Father of the Son, Jesus Christ. Now, as we move from the time of Christmas into the time of Easter, we begin this season looking at the first family. The family created by God the Father, the man, Adam, and his wife, Eve. And we do well to remember them as the first family, because family is part and parcel of why God made them. To be a family, husband, wife, children. It's there from the very beginning in Genesis chapter 1, where after creating the man and woman, it says God told them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on earth. God created man and woman to have children and rule over creation. The gift of children was one of the reasons that God made them. We read later on in chapter 2 that Adam was made from the ground. That's actually Adam's name's meaning. The name Adam in Hebrew means ground or earth. And it was out of the ground from which the Lord God formed Adam. The first of the father's children. And then we read later in chapter 2 that the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. He took a rib from his side and out of that rib fashioned a helper fit for him. His wife Eve. With a command, be fruitful and multiply. Have children. We read the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it 
and keep it. So not only did God create the first family to have children, but he also created them to do the work that he set before them. And then finally, before chapter 3, when it all falls apart in our Old Testament reading, we read, The Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. God made the family in order that they would be fruitful and multiply, have children, that they would do the work that God has given them, and that they would heed the Lord's instruction, hear his word, and guard it and keep it. Chapter 3, our Old Testament reading, is one of those deep readings, and it's 21 verses long in our readings for today, there's so much that's going on there. And it teaches us so much about our human condition. But what I want you to notice this morning is how it also illustrates what happens when the family loses sight of why it was created. God made families for husbands and wives to have children, to do the work that God gives them, and to heed his word and follow his instruction. And so when the serpent, more crafty than any other beast or creature that God had made, comes along and tempts Eve, he is trying to pull apart that basic fabric and structure that God had given to Adam and Eve. That he had given them the unit of the family to be a blessing. The bearing of children, the work given by God, and the word that he speaks to them. You will not surely die, the serpent says. God knows that when you eat of it, the fruit, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Now I want you to notice something about how the serpent operates here. Because it's how the devil still operates today. The serpent is not entirely wrong. When they ate of the fruit, Adam and Eve did not drop dead. They did not surely die on the spot. And they would be like God in that one regard. That there would be an awareness of evil. Not just the good that God had given them, but evil as well. Though not only would they be aware of evil and see evil, they would embrace it. It would become part of their very existence. Satan's temptation was to reject the good blessing that God had given to Adam and Eve. The blessing of the family. Man and wife living together in marriage, bearing children, doing the Lord's work. And heeding God's word. Now I have gone to great lengths over the past number of months to really talk about the importance of us being God's family. Where he is the father and we of course are the children. Where Christ is the bridegroom that gives his life to make the church the bride 
holy. As we do that, we should not ever lose sight about what God's word says about the families in which we each find ourselves. The family units that together, gathered in this place, comprise the family of God. We should never forget the purpose for which God made Adam and Eve and for which he has instituted the family. He has given us families that they would be blessed with the gift of children, the creation of life, that they would do the work that God sets before them, live in the callings in which he places them, and that they would hear his word and heed his instruction. And we have lost sight that these things are gifts of God, that they are among the greatest of God's gifts. And I want you to stop and think for a moment and examine your own life and your own priorities in how you regard those things and how you set them before your own children, be they little children or adult grown-up children. That it is God's good gift for a man to be a husband and a father. It is a good gift for a woman to be a wife and a mother. That these are things that God has given to us to be a blessing. Granted, they are gifts that not all are given. Or gifts that some have taken away. There are indeed husbands who have lost wives and wives who have lost husbands. Men and women who have not found spouses. Men and women living in marriage who have not been given the gift of children. Or those who have lost their gift of children. But I want you to consider where we as families or as single people, or where we as a congregation, where we place the importance of family and the gift of family. Consider it in the raising of our children in the things that we prioritize in importance for our children. You know, we want them to get sports scholarships and academic scholarships. We want them to get a six-figure job someday, and we want them to be happy. And that's ten tends to be often how we orient the way we deal with our children. Are they going to have financial success? Are they going to have prestige in life? Are they going to be overall happy people? And what do we see happening with our children today? They're overwhelmingly unhappy. Because when they don't measure up to the other people around them, when they don't find meaning and value in earthly success, in succeeding in the athletic field, or succeeding in the classroom, they feel a sense of failing, they feel a sense of falling short, and we see them chasing after every manner of sexual perversion, gender confusion, and anything that will make them happy. Where have we set before our children that there is nothing greater than for you to one day, if you are a young boy, to one day be a husband and a father? To our girls, that one day, 
If God is good and gracious, he will allow you and bless you to be a wife and a mother. And that these things are the very system by which God has created the world to bless us. You see, we may look at Adam and Eve and think, how could they be so foolish to fall for the serpent's trap? And yet we, like them, day in and day out, shortchange the gift of family. Do we give the proper care and attention to ensuring that our own families, our own households, or our own attitudes toward family reflected as the gift that God has given us? Do we have homes where our children can either look at mom and dad or look at the families in their congregation and say, what a gift. That is what I want to have one day. God has given the family for the blessing of children, for the work that God sets before us, and for the hearing and receiving of God's holy word. That is the means by which God filled this earth, created life, and sustains it as his good gift. When we do not honor the family in that way, we, like Adam and Eve, create families of dust. The Lord God pronounced a curse on Adam that told him that he would work by the sweat of his face. He shall eat bread. You'll return to the ground for out of it you were taken for you are dust and to dust you shall return. Don't miss the irony in what God says to Adam. He tells Adam, I made you out of the ground Now you are going back to the ground, to the dust, because you have exchanged the good blessing that I have given you and all of humanity in your selfish attempt to make yourself like me. And yet, through that family, through that first family, God still brings forth life. Immediately after the curse of death is pronounced on Adam, we read the man called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. Indeed, the Lord God did still see fit to bring forth life through Adam and Eve. Earlier, when he spoke his curse upon the serpent, the Lord God said to the serpent, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Now, our Bible translation here doesn't serve us very well. If you have an old King James version, it would do better with verse 15 here, where it says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. The better word there is the word seed. Your seed 
and her seed. Because you see, even despite the first family exchanging the good gifts of God for dust and death, there would come forth from Eve and her offspring, her seed, the gift of life. The Savior, Jesus Christ, the one who would crush the head of the serpent, the one who would enter into our humanity by becoming man like us, being born of his own family, being born of his own mother, living amongst our humanity, that we might be brought into his holy family. This Jesus does battle with the devil where we fail. He stands before Satan's temptations. He resists them. He remains holy and sinless and perfect to redeem and rescue us from the death and dust that we routinely embrace. Even in the midst of dust and death, God is at work creating life. And that seed, which comes from Eve, is literally the family tree of Jesus. For he would be born of the house and lineage of David. He would be born to be a king among the peoples of the world, but a king who bows his head in death to pay for our sin and rescue us from the grave to redeem and restore and rescue us and our families. During this Lenten season, I invite you all to consider and reflect upon your own families and how you might Regard them and treasure them as the gift God has given you to bless you. Or if your family is small in number or if you no longer have family around, how you can honor and uplift the gift of family among those around you. How can we be a community of faith where we hold before our children the great gift and blessing of family? How can we reflect it in how we live and love one another as husbands and wives? How can we teach our children that God gives life through our families? And how can we together hear and heed that word first spoken to Adam and Eve, that command to not eat the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, How can we hold before one another that there is nothing greater than that we should receive the word of the cross from the tree on which Jesus died? How can we hear that word and hold and treasure the word that there is a tree of life that awaits us in eternity, which the fruit and leaves of that tree will be for the healing of the nations, John describes in Revelation. 
Perhaps we often fail to recognize the good gifts that God has given us because in a sinful fallen world, certainly a lot else captures our attention. But there is perhaps nothing greater among God's earthly gifts than the gift of husband and wife and children. And it is by that very gift that God brought forth your Savior, Jesus. To live for you, to die for you, and give you hope and promise in the face of dust and death. Thanks be to God for the gift of family and the holy family by which Jesus Christ lives and dies and rises and rules for us. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.